Ciao tutti and welcome. I am your host, Rafa Dispo. We are on the Far From Vesuvius Network. Yes, I haven't figured out a name for the podcast yet, um, and I will do soon. But uh, yeah, I'm here to uh, basically fill a void uh, that the Napoli rant has left. Uh, As you all know, we are no longer doing live YouTube shows. And basically, this podcast is going to serve as a a pre-match, a post-match, some news, some uh, insight, maybe a guest or two here and there. Basically, something to fill a void that was left by the Napoli rant from not being uh, able to continue. So here I am. Um, today, we're our first episode, we're going to discuss the Napoli win over Atalanta. As you all know, uh, Walter Mazzotti is the brand new manager once again for Napoli after Rudy Garcia was sacked following the 1-0 loss to Empoli before the international break. We're also going to sort of preview uh, Napoli against Real Madrid. And I'm going to do a little whip around the league and maybe even the rest of the Italian teams in Europe. Let's get started, huh? Basically, uh, once again, like I said, Napoli had sacked Rudy Garcia after the loss to Empoli. We hire Walter Mazzotti. He comes in and takes over a team that by last year's standards, uh, Napoli having a really, really tough time. Uh, even though they sit in fourth with uh, 21 points, the expectations for Napoli were much better than what we've seen so far. Uh, already 10 points behind the leaders, Inter, and Mazzari has come in to try to hit the ground running to return to a Scudetto contention. We travel to Bergamo to play Atalanta, who sit fifth in the table on 20 points after 12 games, just one point behind us. Uh, coming into the game from this past Saturday. Atalanta's form, a little bit inconsistent though. Uh, Gasparini's side yet to string more than two consecutive wins together and hosting us, the champions, uh, off the back of a 2-1 loss to Inter and a 1-1 draw to Udinese in which they were rescued by Ederson's 92nd minute equalizer. The lineups for this one was a bit of a surprise by Mazzari. And uh, with a healthy Medet on the bench, he still opted to go with Pierluigi Golini. Uh, we had Giovanni Di Lorenzo on the right, Amir Rachmani, Natan, and Matias Oliveira in the four-man defense, which is not custom to Walter Mazzari. He usually likes to play a three-man back line, but he did just what we all wanted. He is paying attention to Luciano Spalletti, making mention of Spalletti in his press conference, something that Garcia never did, and saying that he studied his uh, gameplay and was willing to continue with his methods and gameplay. So that looked really promising from the get-go. Frank Zambongisa in the midfield along with Stan Labotka and Piotr Zielinski. And then Kvaraczkelia, Politano, and Raspadori. Raspadori starting uh, in a match that uh, Victor Osimhen is healthy for and on the bench. We'll go, f- we'll go through their subs, Medet, like I mentioned, and Contini. Uh, Diego Demes still on the bench there. Juan Jesus, Elmas, Oximen, Simeone, Zerbin, Cayuste, Ostigard, Zanoli, and Gaetano. As far as Atalanta goes, they lined up in the 3-4-1-2 for Gasperini. Marco Carnesecchi gets a start over Juan Musso. Uh, something that Gasperini really likes to do is to 
rotate his keepers. He usually has pretty good keepers at his disposal. They lined up in the back three of Giorgio Scalvini, Berat Gimsiti, and Sead Kolasinac. Uh, in the midfield, you had Davide Zapacosta, Ten Miners, Ederson, and Mitchell Bakker. Mario Pasalic sat, sat in the number 10 role, uh, right behind Adamona Lukman and Charles de Ketteler. Uh, Atalanta's bench is Musso, Francesco Rossi, the two goalkeepers, Emil Holm, Luis Muriel, Nadir Zotea, Matteo Ruggeri, Mikel Adopo, Hans Hattabor, Giovanni Bonfanti, Alexi Miranchuk, and Gianluca Scamacca. Surprised to not see Scamacca in the starting 11. Napoli have the biggest difference between points earned away from home and points gained at home. 14 on the road for the Partenope and just 7 at the Maradona this season. Meanwhile, Atalanta have earned 10 apiece, both home and away. The two teams began the game uh, where the captains spoke about violence against women. Of course, this was the weekend where the Italians made recognition uh, to end violence, domestic violence, especially against women, by wearing a red lipstick mark on their cheek and sending a message that it is not enough that we talk about it. It's not enough that we're mad. Action needs to be made and violence against women must stop. League-wide, everybody did it. It's a very good cause. Uh, But, you know, the match starts off, I have to say it was a little boring at first, in the first half, not too much action, uh, but there was a big save in the 22nd minute where Atalanta had the first real side of goal uh, as Pasalic got onto the end of a Koopminer's cross from, from a free kick. He glances a powerful header towards goal, but it's straight at Golini and the Napoli goalkeeper makes a routine save. Uh, in the 34th minute, however, Napoli are denied a goal by the offside flag. A corner is headed clear as far as Raspadori who has an attempted shot blocked before crossing back into the box. Rachmani meets it with a looping header right into the top corner and wheels away to celebrate, thinking he's put our side up 1-0. However, VAR replays show that the center back was offside from Raspadori's cross, so the goal is chalked off to keep the score at 0-0. I don't know about you guys, but this call was pretty ridiculous. As close as it was, I think it should have stood. It was millimeters if that offside i mean if if this guy wore a size smaller boot he probably would have been offside so napoli really should have been up one note it was a fantastic goal by rachmani and an even better cross to set it up but rules are rules and that's why they make var guys we should mention that in the 33rd minute right before that uh, Zappa Costa was unable to shake off an injury that he picked up a few minutes prior and limped off clutching his quad as Hans Hattabor entered the fray at right back. So Gasparini forced to make his first substitution of the day. And then a few minutes after the non-goal, uh, Oliveira went down with a really serious injury, landing awkwardly in a challenge. Uh, the medical team brings out a stretcher and stretches him off right away, unlike Zapacosta, who waited a few minutes to see if he can continue. Oliveira was in clear pain, in tears, and it doesn't look good for us. Already being out, Mario Rui, Brazilian defender Juan Jesus, had to come in and take his place at left back, so that was a little bit scary. Interesting to see that Juan Jesus got the call into the game instead of Mazzari going to a three-man defense Uh, Although, 
you wouldn't expect him to just change formations in the middle of a match like that. But it is interesting to see where he goes from here. I'm pretty sure Juan Jesus playing at left back is the way that we're going to go from now on. And uh, at least until Marie gets better. Napoli had not had a shot on target come the 43rd minute so far in the game. Uh, while Atalanta had managed that one shot right to Golini, but in the 44th minute, Napoli would get their first shot on target, and it was a goal by Kvica Kvaraschkelia. No denying Napoli this time as Di Lorenzo fires across towards the front post. Kvaraschkelia, whose movement on the edge of the box helped to start the move off, pops up in exactly the right place and fires a bullet header into the top corner from close range. Napoli have bided their time so far, but the champions finally burst into life and go up 1-0 right before the half. Beautiful assist by Di Lorenzo as his pinpoint cross was put exactly where Quadrascalia wanted it and the pace of the, on the ball made it a simple finish for the Georgian to open the scoring. Napoli at this point had now scored 12 goals in the first 13 halves that they've played in so far in 2023-24, which is pretty incredible. Second only to Milan and Fiorentina, both with 13. While Atalanta had conceded a league-high five goals in between minutes 30 and 45. That's a pretty cool stat that I ran into there. Uh, right at the stroke of halftime, actually in the 46th minute in, in injury time, uh, there was another save by Golini where Hatabor's cross is floated into the far post where Coop Miners arrives late and nods towards goal. His header kept out by a sensational parry from Golini, who keeps the game at 1-0 from point-blank range. Another chance would come in the uh, final minute of the first half where Napoli somehow don't double their lead. Zielinski latches onto a loose ball to shoot, but Cardinaseki makes the save before Di Lorenzo, Politano, and Anguisa all follow in with rebounding shots that are deflected, blocked, and scooped off the line before the goalkeeper is finally able to get two hands on the ball. Really thrilling ending to a rather boring first half where Napoli goes into the half 1-0 up. In the second half, Atalanta made a substitution right away where Gasparini would make his second change of the day. Uh, Matteo Ruggeri would come in for Mitchell Bakker. Two minutes into the second half, De Ketelaer cuts inside to slip a through ball into Ruggeri's path, and the substitute's first touch is a venomous shot which Golini parries at his near post before Lobotka clears. Atalanta really pressing at this point really made it difficult for Napoli and then in the 53rd minute Atalanta do get the equalizer with a header of the highest order. De Ketteler turns away from his marker as he receives the ball and gives Hatterbor plenty of time and space in which to cross. The substitute obliges whipping the ball into the middle where Lookman rises to glance a low header beyond the sprawling Golini and into the bottom corner. Two superb headers at either end and it's 1-1 as Atalanta produced the exact response that Gasparini will have demanded at halftime. Uh, the assist by Hatterbor is arguably even better than the Di Lorenzo uh, cross for Napoli's opener and the right backs are certainly enjoying themselves in this one. Lookman had, at that point, had now netted two goals and recorded an assist in his last three home games for Atalanta, scoring his fourth goal of the season with that pinpoint header. Just a couple minutes later, Lookman's cross from the left is deflected into the path of Pasalic, who arrives on the edge of the box with a vicious half volley that strikes De Ketteler and bounces behind 
for a goal kick. The game's first yellow card comes in the 60th minute as Lookman tries to flick the ball past Di Lorenzo and link up with Ruggeri, but it strikes the Napoli captain in the hand. He's ruled to have his arm in an unnatural position and is shown the yellow by the referee. The first intentional substitution in Mazzari's new era with Napoli uh, comes in the 63rd minute where there's a double substitution as Elmas comes on for Politano and Victor Osimen comes on for Raspadori. Uh, big moves here as Osimen and Elmas were the protagonists of the huge win last season uh, around this time last season against Atalanta at Bergamo. Napoli had fallen behind on a penalty kick 1-0 to Atalanta. Uh, from Lookman, Victor Osimhen would get his own penalty to to draw level one one, and then Elmas would bury the winner for the two one victory last season. The game's second yellow card would come right after these guys came in, as Angisa's shoulder barged off the ball by Kolasinac with some force, and after playing the advantage, the referee comes back to show that the defender deserved. A yellow card. So the first yellow card for Atalanta, second in the game. Atalanta puts the ball in the net a few minutes later, where Pasalic wins the ball high up the field and races into the area, playing a 1-2 with Koopminers on his way. He confidently slots the return ball into the bottom corner with a lovely first-time finish, but the flag is up as he runs away to celebrate. Koopminers was a good yard beyond the last man, and that denies Atalanta the goal, which would have turned this game around. More Atalanta. Ruggeri's cross to the far post is knotted down by his opposite fullback, Hatebor, but Koopminers' shot from close range is blocked by Rachmani. More from Atalanta in the 75th minute. Atalanta break forward in numbers once more and De Ketteletta cuts inside to shoot from the right side of the box. His effort is blocked and bounces across the face of goal with Lookman just inches away from tapping it in at the far post. Gasperini would make his next change as Giovanni Bonfanti is the next player introduced replacing Kolasinac in the host back three in the 76th minute. But in the 78th minute, Napoli make their final two substitutions where Leo Ostigard would come in for Natan and Zielinski would step out aside for Jens Cayuste, which was a very interesting substitution. I'm pretty sure Mazzari made these moves with regard to Real Madrid on Wednesday. I've not seen Natan or another center back purposely taken off the pitch as of yet. But this is the Mazzari factor. One minute after those substitutions, Napoli would finally find their go-ahead goal. They retake the lead when a poor Cardinaseki clearance is cut out by substitute Cayuste and the ball ricochets into the path of Victor Osimhen. He stretches to tee up the unmarked Elmas to his right and the substitute slots the ball into the bottom corner with the Atalanta goalkeeper stranded. A huge stroke of fortune for a Napoli side who have been under fire for most of the second half. But they're now 2-1 ahead following that moment of madness at the back for Atalanta. Despite several weeks out with injury, Osimhen showed there just how important he is to this side. Rather than try to pull off a shot of his own, unselfishly, the Nigerian knew that Elmas was the better option and fed him up to score what eventually would be the winning goal. 
In the 83rd minute, Gasparini makes his final two substitutions as he puts in Scamacca and Muriel for Lukman and De Ketteler. He needed some firepower and he needed some legs, so he went with those two late. But it was too late as Napoli take the win in Bergamo 2-1. Kratoskelia with the opener. Elif Elmas with the winner. Coincidentally enough, this is Elmas's third goal in Bergamo. He scored the winner last season, as I mentioned earlier, and he scored two seasons ago the third goal in a 3-1 victory back on April 3rd, 2022. So three seasons in a row, Elmas finds the net for Napoli in Bergamo against Atalanta. That win put Napoli in provisional third place, although still seven points behind Inter at the time. They for sure showed the character that they needed to win a game to build once again a fight for the Scudetto. Now, Ralph Bizarro and myself are still are still selecting beasts of the match for the Napoli rant social medias, and we have declared Walter Mazzotti beast of the match for uh, match day 13 against Atalanta. I just feel like uh, Mazzotti came in and did a lot of things that Garcia didn't do, as in, you know, recognize Spalletti, recognize the play that we did last season, um, make bold changes that needed to be made in game and before the game started and things that little things like Golini starting over a healthy Meret uh, putting in Juan Jesus on the left and putting in Osimhen and Elmas with time left you know after we went down 1-1 he put those two players in with plenty of time to get them acclimated into the game they do and together they come up with the game winner and he recognizes that two of our better players in Natan and Zielinski may need some rest ahead of the game against Real Madrid these are all things that Rudy Garcia didn't do couldn't do wouldn't do and I'm so happy to see him out of there I have to admit I was very skeptical about Mazzari coming in at very first but once the, the, the dust settled and I realized that this is the man that got us to pretty much to the promised land, uh, he's the man that started it off for us and he knows the city, he knows the owner, he knows the fans, he knows how to motivate players and get the best out of them. He did so already and it would be really interesting to see where they end up here. I would love for them to win trophies, but if not, as long as we can get back to the Champions League uh, for next season, Mazzotti would have done his job, in my opinion. So there you go. Beast of the match is Walter Mazzotti. However, I thought to myself, well, who's the beast on the pitch? Because we have the beast of the match in Mazzotti, but who's the beast on the pitch? So I took to Twitter, I took to X, and I asked everybody, what they thought, and here's a few comments from, I'll, I'll start with tw- uh, uh, Instagram, Napoli Debo on Instagram, who is Daniel Bowen, he says that the beast on the pitch has to be the entire squad, that they're back on track, I like that, Napoli Debo, I like that a lot, uh, Exelander57, who is Alex Romo, my good man, uh, who just celebrated a birthday, so Auguri Alex, but he says, for sure, not Rachmani with the two... Uh, Italian hand emojis. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I know, I know the goal was on him 
for missing a mark. Uh, but he did get a nice goal that was taken away by a technicality, let's just say. So I'm not sure I'm 100% on board with that. Uh, Peenstein from Instagram says he was going to uh, oh, he says that he was going through rant withdrawals. So he says, thank you very much for coming on. And Kvadashkalia for him. Uh, and then uh, ADA Baco says Kvadadona for him. So I, I like those answers. Uh, we will uh, Let me hit Twitter up and see what Twitter slash X says here. On the X app, uh, formerly known as Twitter, we have a real Don Dinopoli, who is Chris Kelly. He says Lobo Cop for him. Gaetano Presidente of Tri-State Napoli Club says Quaradona. Uh, James Cuccinelli, who uh, will pick Golini, which is a pretty good shout for me. I believe Golini uh, really, really had a lot to do and really, you know, stepped up uh, in in the absence of, of Meret. Uh, Fran, Fran Partenopeche agrees with Gaetano where he says the Georgia peach, as in Kvaratskhelia. Uh, at T-E-Z-Z-Y-82 T-E-Z-Z-Y 82 is Anthony C. He says Natan. Shut down Atalanta. I really like that shout. Natan's uh, uh, um, challenge with his arms behind his back and the slide tackle, just Pure brilliance by Natan. He's really good. Nifty Mittens comes in. Um, his his handle is at Ballard underscore curse. Giovanni Di Lorenzo. And then, of course, my friend and yours, Lord Figo, comes in and says, I need that chain. That 14K rope will look better on me. DM so you can ship it to my address. Uh, at Floatin101. Please give him a follow. He's an Inter fan. We banter all the time. He always messages me when Inter wins or he always sends me tweets um, to my personal X account. And uh, from the looks of it, it seems like he's, you know, attacking me. But he is hilarious. I absolutely love it. It's friendly banter. It's hilarious. Give him a follow. What's up, my lord? Uh, And in the last minute, um, I did not see this. Uh, Notorious SD75 says Kvaratskhelia. Great to see him finding form and confidence again. So I think it's a, a it, overall Kvaratskhelia got the most votes. So I would say Kvaratskhelia is definitely the beast on the pitch for this match, um, as voted by you guys. Very very good stuff. We'll be right back with news from the rest of Serie A. All right, you guys, that was Napoli's win against Atalanta on Saturday, which was a 12 p.m. Eastern start. Before that match was the 9 o'clock Eastern start uh, on Saturday, and it was Salernitana hosting Lazio. And what do you know, Salernitana get their first win uh, of the season over Lazio, who took the lead on an Immobile penalty kick, but Castanos in the 55th and Candreva in the 66th man of the match for Candreva, an 8.6 on foot mob, 2-1 Salernitana, big win, 
Big disappointment for Lazio ahead of their Champions League clash with Celtic this Tuesday. The 2.45 p.m. Eastern match was Milan versus Fiorentina. Milan without Leao and Giroud were less than favorites to win this game, but they pulled it off with a stoppage time penalty in the first half for Teo Hernandez, who becomes the man of the match from Foot Mob with an 8.7 rating. Fiorentina definitely had a better second half than Milan did, but just couldn't pull off the stops. Milan gets the victory to go back into provisional third place, um, climbing Napoli um, once again with that win. Going over to Sunday, the Espresso match, the 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3.30 Pacific. God bless you guys out in Los Angeles and the West Coast. But uh, I, I don't imagine you guys being awake for Cagliari Monza. However, it was a pretty decent game. Cagliari gets the, the goal in the 10th minute with Alberto Dosena, who was the man of the match with an 8.3 rating. Uh, but Maric would go ahead and get the equalizer from Monza. That finishes 1-1. Cagliari with a pretty good string of results as of late. 9 o'clock saw two really good games in Empoli Sassuolo and Frosinone Genoa. Empoli, who I bet to not score a goal in this game, <laughs> showed me up. They must have known I made that bet because they decided to score three goals in this one. Empoli at home. Prior to this, Empoli this season had only scored four goals but somehow managed three wins and a draw. One of the wins being from us, we all know. But right away, they get going with a penalty by Chicho Caputo in the fourth minute. Pinamonti makes... It won one in the 12th minute, and then Sassuolo go ahead with Henrique in the 22nd minute, where just eight minutes later, Fazzini would get the goal for Empoli to tie it 2-2. Then Berardi would get a penalty kick in the second half in the 66th minute to make it 3-2. Uh, Vigna would get an own goal in the 86th minute, own goal for, for Empoli, uh, making it 3-3. Uh, the Sassuolo player scoring on his own net. Uh, and it looked pretty doom and gloom from there for Sassuolo. However, in the 92nd minute, that man, Domenico Berardi, who gets a 9.2 rating on foot mob, man of the match, gets the match winner. Two goals for Berardi in this one. 4-3 Sassuolo on the road. Uh, but in the other match, Fiorentina Genoa, there's another stoppage time goal here. Uh, Matias Sule gets going with the goals in this one in the 34th minute, scoring for Frosinone to make it 1-0. Only four minutes later, Malinowski gets the equalizer for Genoa. And then, like I mentioned, the stoppage time goal to put the game away. Substitute Monterisi gets a 94th minute beautiful goal for Frosinone, sending the fans home happy. Uh, Enzo Berenaceca gets the player of the match from FootMob with an 8.3 rating. The noon Eastern kickoff on Sunday saw Roma defeat Udinese 3-1. Mancini with a goal in the 20th minute. Dalvin does make it 1-1 in the second half with a beautiful header uh, uh, against Roma for Udinese. But Dybala would get the go-ahead goal in the 81st. And then El Sharawi would get the 90th minute uh, nail in the coffin for Udinese. Paulo Dybala, man of the match with the goal and an assist, uh, 8.6 rating on foot mob. And then on Sunday 
evening, 2.45 Eastern. The big match, uh, two versus one, Juventus versus Inter. Vlahovic finally gets a goal after not scoring for months, 27th minute. But just a few minutes later, Lautaro Martinez, Capucanoniere, and probably league MVP so far this season, gets the 33rd minute equalizer for Inter. Not much after this. As that finishes 1-1, Dusan Vlahovic gets player of the match. Nod from Footmob with an 8.0. And it's as you were in the standings there. Inter still in first. Juve still in second. But Milan and Napoli fans would be happy to gain points on them in the Scudetto race. And then yesterday, we're recording this on Tuesday. Yesterday, Monday, we had the 12.30 kickoff for Hellas Verona against Lecce. This one was a was a real barn burner as well, as Odon gets the 30th minute uh, goal for Lecce to put them on the board 1-0. But just a few minutes later, Ngonj would get the, the equalizer for Verona, making it 1-1. In the second half, Gonzalez would get the go-ahead for Lecce in the 69th. But once again, Verona don't quit, and Juric would get the 77th minute equalizer. That's how it ends, and Milan Juric would get player of the match with an 8.7 rating. And then finally, to round up Serie A match week 13, Bologna would defeat Torino 2-0 at the Dallara. Fabian would get a 56-minute goal, and then Xerxes would get the 91st minute. Thiago Motta just has these guys playing so well. This win sees them climb to joint fifth with Roma. Unbelievable after Walter Mazzari. Instead of Vincenzo Italiano, I would definitely take Thiago Motta. These guys have got this team playing absolutely out of their minds. We should mention that Nikola Vlahovic, Nikola Vlasic uh, put the ball in the back of the neck in the 18th minute for Torino in a beautiful volley outside the box, but it was deemed offside as one of the players were interfering with the keeper. Sam Bukema gets the player of the match for this one for Bologna in an 8.2 rating. So there's the match day 13 results. Uh, the table looks like this after 13 games. It's Inter in first with 32. Juventus in second with, with 30 points. Milan, 26. Napoli, 24. That's your Champions League 4 right now. Roma and Bologna tied in 5th and 6th with 21 points. Atalanta and Fiorentina just behind them, 7th and 8th with 20 points each. In 9th and 10th, Monza and Frosinone each have 18 points. In 11th, Lazio with 17 uh, in 12th place, Torino with 16, Lecce and Sassuolo share 13th and 14th with 15 points, Genoa in 15th with 14 points, 16th is Udinese with 11, 17th is Cagliari with 10, and in the relegation zone, 18th Empoli with 10 19th Verona with 9 and Salernitana despite their first win of the season still sit bottom of the table with 8 points. Next weekend looks like this. Friday December 1st Monza play Juventus 2:45 Eastern. On Saturday December 2nd Genoa Empoli at 9, Lazio Cagliari at 12, Milan Frosinone at 2:45 and on Sunday December 3rd Lecce Milan Lecce Bologna with the early morning start. Fiorentina, Salernitana, and Udinese Verona play in, in 9 o'clock hour. Sassuolo Roma, that's going to be a really good one at 12 o'clock p.m. And the big match of the weekend, 
Napoli Inter 245 Eastern. Napoli really, really need a win there. On Monday, Torino will play against Atalanta 245. That's next week. When we come back, we'll talk about Italians in Europe. Okay, guys, it's Champions League week, round five, and Tuesday, November 28th, which is today. Actually, this match is in the 72nd minute at, at this moment. It is Lazio Celtic nil-nil as I record. If this result holds, Lazio will be uh, in second place in the group with eight points. Lazio came into this second place in the group with seven points. Celtic are pretty much out of it. Uh, with only one, Lazio do need to get a win in order to progress to the next round. If they do, and if Atletico Madrid wins, they will qualify for the next round of the Champions League. But as of now, it is eight points for Lazio, two for Celtic, and Atletico Feyenoord still have to play a little bit later. So nothing would be settled if Lazio can't win today. Later on, it will be... Milan Dortmund in the group of death, group F, match day five. Milan need a win here as well. Uh, they did get an impressive win over PSG last time out in match week four, which helped their cause. But if they don't win today, they could have a scenario in which they are out of the Champions League. If they lose to Dortmund today, Dortmund will go up to 10 points in first place in the group, and PSG would need a win over Newcastle, and that would effectively end Milan's chances for the knockout stage. Champions League semifinalists last season would be out, so a win is very imperative. A draw is not enough as PSG... uh, the The only scenario in which a draw would be enough is if Newcastle defeat PSG, and then it'll be a wide-open group. So Milan really do have to win this game against Dortmund. But the big day is tomorrow, Wednesday, 3 o'clock Eastern. Let's talk about Inter first. Inter are through to the knockout stages of the Champions League. They play bottom of the table, Benfica, with zero points. It's Right now, it's pretty much all about first place in the group. So Inter might want to rest their players for the big match against Napoli this weekend. If they want to put Napoli out of their misery in the race for the Scudetto, uh, they are tied on points with Real Sociedad. Those two teams are going through. Salzburg and Benfica are eliminated, so it's for first place at this point. So the big match coming is tomorrow, Real Madrid-Napoli at the Bernabeu. There's a few scenarios in which Napoli will qualify for the knockout stages in this match day. If they win, they qualify. No matter what happens in the other game between Braga and Berlin, if Napoli win, they qualify for the next round. A draw will see Napoli qualify to the next round as long as Braga do not defeat Berlin tomorrow, which is 
a pretty tough ask since Berlin have been pretty dreadful besides the draw against us in the Champions League. But if we can pull out a draw at the Bernabeu, I don't think anybody will be upset by that, especially since Real Madrid have so many injuries plaguing them. And then even in a loss, if Napoli were to lose against Real Madrid tomorrow, as long as Berlin beats Braga, Napoli will be qualified to the next round. A loss and a Braga victory, we'll see Napoli and Braga fight on the last day of the group stage at the Maradona. It is Napoli-Braga, and that would be for second place and the knockout stages of the Champions League. So historically, Napoli fans know that um, we have suffered... When in scenarios like this in the Champions League before, I would just love for our time to come tomorrow at the Bernabeu. Again, with Real Madrid having so many injuries, this match is not very important to Real Madrid as they've already qualified for the next round and will likely win the group. Even if they lose to Napoli tomorrow, they have Berlin in the last match day, and that's pretty much uh, an automatic W for them. And they have finally retaken the lead in La Liga as Girona, surprise La Liga leaders, dropped points this weekend and Real Madrid won their match. So they are shared in the points, but Real Madrid have the top spot there. They will want to concentrate on taking control of the the standings in La Liga. I did just wrap up an appearance on Let's Be Real, a Real Madrid podcast. It's at Let's Be Real. That's L E T S B E R E A L 1902 on X. You can follow them, and you from there you can click their link to find their podcast. They have a YouTube channel, and you can get them on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and you can find find them on Instagram as well. Let's Be Real. Uh, really good dudes that I spoke with today. And most of them are feeling like this match is pretty much a wash and that half the players that are even playing as like Bellingham and Rodrigo should not be playing because they don't think that it's wise to risk further injury to these players who are coming back from a short stint on the injured list uh, so that they can concentrate on La Liga. They claim that they really don't have... Uh, to worry about the Champions League until February from here on out. That's going to do it for this week. I will be back with a short Real Madrid-Napoli review after the match on Wednesday, followed by another episode to preview Napoli versus Inter, the big showdown at the Maradona this weekend. I want to thank you guys for listening and putting up with my first episode. I really do appreciate all of you, and I appreciate your involvement on Instagram and X. Again, this is a working title Napoli podcast. Uh, The untitled Napoli podcast, I would imagine we can call it that. Uh, Actually, you know what? If you're listening here, Let's. I'll, I'll make a post, and I would love for you guys to try to help me name this podcast. So let's give me your best uh, podcast names for this show, and I will consider them. And we'll pre- maybe we can put them up for a vote, or we can figure out together what this podcast will be called. Until then, I appreciate you all. 
We are the Campioni d'Italia. Noi ci siamo a Napoli.